0: Thank you, Lord, for this awesome day. We give you all the praise. You're worthy of it all. Let your wind blow right on through. Let it rain. (laughs) Worthy of it all.
1: From you are all things. To you are all things. You deserve the glory.
0: Miss you, Barcelos.
1: Lord just saying is as ask him, so I'm just gonna speak that out right now.
0: If you need to release something, something's bugging you, we're just coming together in unison to to give it all to you, Lord. We ask you to reveal yourself here. This is real joy here. This is pure joy. This is a real deal. Even when it hurts, we praise Him. We're going to give Him all the praise. Lord, I just call on you. Just be be with my boys right now. If anybody's watching, please pray for harmony. Pray for Kai and Luke. Deliver your justice in Jesus' praise.
1: to just start it because we can just do this in the presence of the Lord. He just loves it. We're all his
2: favorites,
1: especially, oh, go.
3: says that he comes with um, recompense and divine retribution, and that when he does that, then blind eyes are open and the ears are unstopped. So, um, so that was the perfect end of the song because that speaks to um, the battle being done by the Lord and when, and when God does what he does, then we see, then we hear, then we can know the truth, then we can Hint, and can, kind of can you guys hear so that okay
0: yeah thumbs up or something if you can hear that I'll bring it closer
3: so i believe that even as we say now is the last few words that the lord that god did what he needed to do for eyes to be open tonight i, I believe in that that he did what he needed to do to to make sure ears are open tonight to hear it. something that's super super important reason I hate having a microphone is because one time
0: I took a big drink of water with a microphone in my face and had hurt. Crystal said that we need to get closer to you uh,
3: seriously Crystal that's like up my nose <laughs> let's see oh hey you know what grab your Bibles by the way while, while we get this inside. Oh beautiful that's awesome like that? right on
0: that's you. Not really that. Is that the yeah,
1: that's, yeah. Right, <laughs> <had the> <laughs> right on. that's good enough. Actually, you know what would be better, Diane,
0: if it was over here so you could see the door, Do you
3: see you? Yes, I you so turn it down. <laughs> there you go. Sort okay. of. Well, look at you. Oh, but okay. you. <laughs> you don't see On that. From heaven, I would accomplish the Father's will in Jesus' name, Amen. So, um, I believe that the Lord has spoken regarding the next commandment that we're going to look at, and um, and we're going to get into that a little bit tonight, and then more next week. And I think that the, that today's kind of a transition uh, day because the commandment that we've been looking at and, um, and the sin regarding it that we've been exposing is very much connected to this next commandment. And, and this is the piece that I feel like everything in my spirit feels like it's truth. Even though it's, um, Even though I don't fully understand it yet, Everything in my spirit feels like it's truth and super, super important. And so here's my challenge to each of you. Uh, take what I say tonight to the counsel of the Lord, please. And just and just confirm it. Um, test it against scripture. Um, please do that for me. Because, like I said, I, I feel like I don't even fully have a, have a full understanding of what the Lord is saying. I just have a sense in my spirit that it's truth, and a sense in my spirit that it's critically important. And so I'm believing eyes are going to be open, ears are going to be open because of that time of worship. So praise God for that. Okay. So um, the commandment is honor your mother and your father. All right, so this one is obviously targeted towards the kids, and will be targeted towards the kids, and I'm super excited to get to teach them over the next week or two, Uh, but we're not going to quite get there tonight because there's something about this commandment that is intimately tied to us parents, Uh, the men in particular, is who I'm going to speak to mostly tonight, and um, I think it's very important. Okay. So um, one of the words in that particular commandment, honor, uh, I wanna go back to the first time it's used because that gives us great understanding as to what it really means to honor. And I think in this commandment that's targeted towards our kids to tell them, uh, you need to honor your mother and father, uh, we need to have a, a real full biblical understanding of what that word honor means. All right, so we're gonna start absolutely in, Not in Exodus 20, where the commandment is given, but rather Exodus 14. And if someone could read real loud Exodus 14, verses 13 through 30. And the context will be very obvious when we start reading kind of what's going on in the story at this point. So Exodus chapter 14 starting in verse 13 through verse 30. We all remember that story, right? Yeah. Amazing story. Mm-hmm. And, um, and if we go back to uh, verses verse 17 and 18, uh, we see the first use of the word honor as it's used um, as it's used in the commandment to honor your mother and father. Yeah. All right. So so the law first mentioned basically means that when something is used for the first time in Scripture, it gives us a great understanding of what that word is means and, is, and will be used for throughout Scripture. So let's just talk real quick about these two verses. When God says... Uh, so, so think about the story that we just read and everything that God did in that story. He says specifically regarding everything He did in that story, Uh, I will indeed harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over his army and his chariots and his horsemen. So, so God is looking for honor over Pharaoh's Pharaoh and and his men and his horses. He's looking for honor. And this is the same word that, that the Bible commands kids to have for their parents. Kind of interesting, right? And the next verse says, Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh and his chariots and his horsemen. So what God gained from Pharaoh by doing what he did in this story, and what did he do in this story, by the way? He wiped them out. He completely destroyed them. He completely defeated them, miraculously so. And in doing so, in wiping Pharaoh out and destroying his entire army so that, like the word says, none of them are seen alive again, God gains honor. God gained the thing that kids should have for their parents. Right? So so I went and looked up the the Strong's definition for um, honor in this way. And it's Strong's number 5313, if you like to look them up. Um, it's the word kabad, K-A-B-A-D. And kabad's definition is uh, to be heavy, to make weighty, or to show one's hands to be powerful or great. Does that make sense? So honor, according to this first use, is to be heavy, to make weighty, or to show one's hands powerful or great. So that makes pretty good sense within the context of the Red Sea story. Right? God doing what he did to Pharaoh and all Pharaoh's army showed God's weight, did it not? Showed God's heaviness, did it not? Showed God's power and the authority of his hands, did it not? Okay, so, um, so I think what the Lord is trying to show us is an understanding of the word honor that is really, really critical for us to have in regarding this commandment that we find in Exodus 20. All right, so let's go to Exodus 20. The commandment is in verse 12. This is the fifth, by the way, of the Ten Commandments. So far we looked at the seventh commandment. You shall not commit adultery. And now we're looking at the 12th commandment. Kelly, will you read that out loud, really loud, please? The the 12th commandment? I'm sorry, it's verse 12. Yeah, we just made up a couple of extra commandments. We like to do that around here. Uh, It's verse 12 in Exodus 20. Okay, so what does honor mean again? To have weight, to be heavy, to, to show the authority or the power of your hands. Okay, so, so, so how, do you, how do you understand this commandment with that, de- with that proper biblical definition in place? For the Bible to tell the kids... To command the kids to honor their mother and their father means to what? Good. Submit to their authority was one thing said. I agree 100%. Anything else? Respect. Good. Anything else? I'd say so. Anything else? Submit to their authority, respect of If we go back to the um, the first mentioned story, how else would you say that that word honor would be walked out? How do you think Pharaoh honored God after that situation? Very good. What else? Um... Mm-hmm. Beautifully said, and she's she's answering the question: How do you think Pharaoh's honoring of God looked after this story? Well, Pharaoh, I would argue, knew what God would do to accomplish His purposes. Right? He knew the weight that God would bring to bear to see His will carried out. He he see he saw and knew how how God would hold sway over that over him over that situation right that's i think that's the heaviness that's the the weightiness that's the authority that's the realness like that pharaoh could understand if there was any prior to this story if, if pharaoh had a lack of this type of honor for the one true living god maybe he wouldn't believe that god could kill him maybe he wouldn't believe that god would do this to his whole army. Maybe he didn't believe God was real or had the power to part the sea. But after this story, when, 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 when God had gained that honor, Pharaoh knew exactly who God was. Pharaoh knew exactly what God was capable of. Does that make sense? It's, it's to me, it's like a, it's like a knowing. Yeah. I, I know. Yeah. I mean, the the definition is right on. It's a knowing of the weightiness of that position or of that person. It's a knowing of the authority of that person. Does that make sense? So, so, so I think the things that we mentioned are almost sort of the fruit of that honoring. The fruit of the honoring would be respect. The fruit of the honoring would be being subordinate. The fruit of the honoring would be obeying. Right? Notice it doesn't say obey your mother and father. That's that's how most of us I think teach this to our kids. Just do what I say. Right? But that 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 to me is a that's a that's a takeaway, that's a little bit less than the fullness of what honoring is about. Honoring is a deeper recognition of the authority that someone has. And I think the commandment is for kids to recognize the heaviness and the weightiness and the authority of their parents on their lives. going to get to that in just a moment, because you're exactly right. And, and I think um, I'm just responding to, to what you're sharing, Susie, because I think it's right on. And, and when, when, when God was working through the plagues, what was the thing he kept repeating regarding Pharaoh and why he was doing this? Remember, because he hardened Pharaoh's heart throughout. And I think in the, in the plagues, he kept saying, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart. So that it will be known that I'm God, right? Or something along those lines, or maybe so that he'll see my glory. There was there was a there was a level of recognition that was accomplished through the plagues, but this is the first mention of him gaining Pharaoh's honor, right? So this is so honor is above that level of recognition, right? That's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm hearing from what you're saying, and I think it's right. Honor is honor's bigger. The the first was a recognition, God, God. Is real and he is powerful, but the but the but the honor piece was even bigger, even weightier, right? I think that's right on. So okay, so we're gonna we're gonna start teaching this to the kids next week, right? But but there's a pause there's a pause in me and my spirit about um, about. Um, the kids' actual inability to do this, if the men in the home are doing something, right? So that's what I want to. That's what I want us to talk about tonight, and and this has to do with um, something very specific that the Lord has been showing us regarding obedience, uh, primarily coming in the form of pruning, and and pruning for the for the purpose of purity. All right, so, so, um, so we've talked very much over the last, well, we the many years, but specifically over the last few months about, about all the why behind our obedience. And in the, in the list that we come, keep kind of coming uh, back to and coming up with is um, obedience brings freedom, obedience brings peace, obedience brings protection, obedience brings blessings, obedience brings the, the experiencing of the fruit of God's realness, Obedience brings real worship, obedience brings revival, all the things that we've talked about uh, that comes with walking in God's ways. And so, you know, we're committed now in this stretch, as the Spirit's leading, to just bringing God's commandments to light so that we can obey them. And very often when we are not obeying God's commandments, what needs to happen in our life is a pruning, right? That's that's. Fundamentally, the sanctification process in the bread of Christ is very often about pruning, something that is not for us, something that that needs to go. And, And the Lord gave us some revelation regarding why that pruning is so important as it relates to ministry and the ministry of reconciliation that we are all invited into. Everyone that's born again and part of the body of Christ is invited into the ministry of reconciliation, meaning that God wants to use Every one of us as His adopted sons and daughters in the Master's business, right? So, so we're all called to ministry, and what the Lord is showing us—real ministry—is is when the Holy Spirit flows through us, right? Does all ring a bell? So here's the diagram that God gave us, I believe. So um, the scripture talks about throughout scripture um, the river of living water is is where real ministry happens, and it's uh, prophetically spoken about in the in the Old Testament. Um, things like um, Ezekiel forty seven talks about wh- wherever the river flows, there every living thing will be. Um, Zechariah talks about wherever the river flows, all idols will be removed from the land. Um, isaiah 35 talks about um where the where the river flows the desert and the parched land will be made glad um um the the um barren wasteland will be made a pool where jackals and once like grass reeds and, and and brushes will grow um then you know jesus te- speaks in the new testament about uh, those who believe in me will have the river of living water flowing from their bellies um, in, in Revelation 22, it talks about the river of living water ever proceeding from the Lamb and from the throne in heaven, and it is ultimately what accomplishes the Father's business, the Master's business in the earth, right? And so this is sort of the diagram that, that uh, we've been working with, this river of living water. So this is sort of like the heaven realm, and this is earth, all right, it's not specifically like two different locations, although it's sort of that way. It's, I think, maybe two different realms is better a way to look at it. But basically, heaven and earth are separated right now. In the very beginning, they were one and the same. In the very end, they will be reunited one and the same. But in between, there's a veil. And, and glory to the unblemished lamb, that veil's been torn, right? Hallelujah. Um, but, it's, but it's not fully rent yet, right? And so we see through the veil, Partly, we see through the cloud, partly, um, the, ultimately the veil will be fully lifted and heaven and earth will be reunited, but until then, they're separated, and, and the river of living water is ever proceeding from the Lamb and from the throne, that's in the heavenly realm, but for it to get to the earthly realm, it's got to flow through a vessel, right, and the vessels that it's that it's looking to flow through is the body of Christ, as individuals and corporately, we are the vessel through which the river of living water flows. That's um, Matthew chapter seven, or, or John chapter seven, or what, the one that Jesus talks about. Streams flowing through your from your belly. All right. So the pruning process um, is happens on an individual level in and as a corporate level. And the process of pruning is about making this vessel pure. A pure vessel is one through which the Spirit flows more freely, right? So each of us as as people and and all of us corporately, we have things in us that clog the hose. And these are the things that are no longer for the body of Christ. These are the things that have to be pruned. And so if we look at John 15 real quick, go to John 15, this, this makes this passage make great sense when you read it with this diagram in mind. John 15 says that I am the vine and my father is the vine dresser dresser or gardener in some translations every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away every branch that bears fruit he prunes so that it may bear more fruit you are already clean because of my word which has been spoken to you now abide in me and I abide in you as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Who, who abides in me will bear much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone, ab- if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch, and it is withered. He will be gathered, and thrown, and they will be thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you ask in what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so be my disciples. So in that passage, we get really the fullness of this diagram explained. Uh, We must abide in Christ, meaning this half has to be in place, right? And this half ultimately is the intimacy piece. If we are not abiding in Christ, if we are not intimately, relationally connected to the Lord... We can bear no fruit because the river is not coming in us, right? The best we can do if we are not abiding in Christ is flesh ministry, and there's a lot of that going on, right? But that does the world no good. The world is not waiting in eager expectation for the fleshly bride of Christ to be manifest. The world is eagerly waiting for the sons of God to be manifest and sons of God are those who flow, who the Holy Spirit flows through, Romans 8, 14. So you have to abide in the vine. You have to um, walk intimately with the Lord so that you are getting the river from this side. Then you have to be pure so that the river will flow through you on this side. That's the obedience piece. The Lord has asked almost from day one, intimacy and obedience. Intimacy and obedience. That's the missing piece in the Bride of Christ. We have some that are intimate but not obedient. We have some that are obedient but not intimate. But the combination of the two is where the river flows. Does that make sense? So you have to have both. So all the pruning piece, basically, is us as individuals in this middle portion. We cannot get jammed up by the things of this world that cause us to be impure. As soon as we walk disobediently, according to God's commandments, our life gets filled up with a whole bunch of junk that prevents the river from flowing. When the river is not flowing, real ministry isn't happening. Real reconciliation to the Father isn't happening. Real prophecy isn't happening. Real words of knowledge aren't being given. Real healings aren't happening because the spirit's being clenched. Right? Everyone getting this? Okay. So, um, so here's the piece that I think the Lord wants me to uh, to speak about tonight. Back to the back. Shoot, will you give me a paper towel or something, or a mix? Oh, wait. Okay, so the commandment that we're moving on to is honor your mother and your father. Honor your father and your mother. That's a commandment to the kids, uh, uh, primarily. to all of us, but we're going to we're going to focus on the kids shortly. Um, but I really believe that the Spirit is putting on my heart that this is not going to be done, and maybe even cannot be done by our kids because of something the men are doing. All right. And so um, today's today's teaching is going to be focused on men. But know that this this. Um, what's being exposed would absolutely go the other way as well. All right? So, I'm not gonna draw the whole thing, but you guys get the picture. Okay, so within the context of ministry, of spirit-led ministry, when through a pure vessel, the river of the living water flows and accomplishes the Father's will, what comes out is stuff like just think of what God is offering. Think of what God offers us. God offers truth. He offers life. He offers his word. He offers healing. He offers encouragement and every other bit of real ministry, of real spirit. The the, the, the things the Holy Spirit offers humanity is, that's, that's the ministry we're talking about. So the primary ministry of the husband is to the wife. Okay. So, so, um, When a a husband is pure and the river flows through him, the primary focus of that truth, that life, that word, that healing, that encouragement is going to be the wife and vice versa. Does that make sense? And this is what the Bible's intention for, for marriage is. This is what the Bible's intention for the one fleshness is, the mystery of the one flesh, God's divine Invention of marriage is intended to be so that the husband and wife love each other, so that God loves the husband and wife through each other. Right? The the impossible, miraculous, everything-changing, real love of God is intended to flow through the husband to the wife and through the wife to the husband. Does that make sense? So, um, so that's a big, big understanding that we have to start with now one of the things that the lord told us uh, when we looked at the last commandment which was um thou shalt not commit adultery and uh and jesus then expands on that commandment and so does the rest of the new testament by the way um thou shalt not commit adultery i'll just run through this real quick uh, includes fornication sexual immorality unlawful lusting uh, that type of fact. I won't go into any more than that. But we we, we talked about those things. That, that that it's a commandment of God, and in fact, it's the very first commandment that the elders and the apostles decided was necessary for the for the Gentile converts, the brand new Gentile converts. In Acts chapter 15, the, one of the first things that they must begin to abstain from was sexual immorality. Right in the in the, in the um in the uh, the commandment to to um walk purely in this area runs from cover to cover in Scripture. Right? And, and today I think we need, um, uh, we're going to be given a greater understanding of the cost associated with breaking that commandment. Right? Because that's one of the things that the Lord really wanted us to bring to light is, is when we break the commandment regarding sexual purity, there is a big cost to that. And, um, and the cost that the Lord showed us through the story of Uh, with um, Balak and and Balaam was a curse, right? That the people of God could not be cursed. This happens in Numbers 25, by the way, or Numbers uh, 22 through 25. Um, The the people of God literally could not be cursed. Could not be cursed by by Balaam, the best soothsayer in the world at the time. Could not speak a a curse over God's people. They were protected as God's people. He would not allow them to be touched. So Balak. Um, and and Balaam have a little meeting and Balaam says just send the Midianite women in there as soon as they sleep with the Midianite women then you can curse them and that's exactly what happened and so one of the things that we see from that story that we must know is that whenever we break God's commandments in any area of life it invites a curse it welcomes a curse it opens a door for the enemy to bring accusation against us and, and have access Right, And so um, one of the big things regarding sexual sin that's been that the enemy has been able to erase from our culture uh, in our generation in particular is the cost by, by making it um, uh, you know so simple to engage in, so prevalent, so everywhere. Um, the cost has been removed and it's become sort of the secret sin that there's no victim to and, and we can just kind of get away with it and, 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 and carry on. Well. I think the Lord is bringing to light today a huge cost that we've not known about, all right? It, and maybe it's the actual um, specific manifestation of the curse that that he wants us to see. So if so, if engaging in sexual sin opens the door for a curse to come, perhaps what the Lord is speaking to us tonight is what the curse looks like, all right? So it, it requires just a little bit of, um, of understanding of something that we'll start with first. Everyone we'll go to Ephesians chapter 5. If you ask the average churchgoer uh, who's the head of the house, they will say the man, right? And that's pretty common knowledge uh, in the church, um, but I want to show you that um, that's actually not what the Bible says. So go to uh, Matthew chapter 25, I'm sorry, Ephesians Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to go to verse 22. Someone read that real loud. So, um, so I want to correct something Right off the bat um, It is incorrect to say That the man is the head of the house The word of God says That the man is the head of the wife Okay So let's, let me make, make sure that this is clear The Bible does not teach That the man is the head of the house The Bible teaches that the man is the head of the wife Very very important Okay, we'll go to another passage that makes it clear. First uh, Corinthians chapter 11. Someone read through verse three, please. Yeah, chapter 11 through verse three.
1: Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the traditions just as I delivered them to you. But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. The head of woman is man, and the head of Christ is God.
3: Okay. So um, who's the head of the house? Doesn't say. Bible does not say who's the head of the house? What does the Bible say? That the husband is the head of the wife. okay? and if you if you read through in particular the rest of this uh, passage in 1 Corinthians eleven, Paul speaks about uh, heads and coverings, right? And he talks specifically about traditions that he's that he's um, thankful that they're keeping. And and if you kind of get into the details, it's basically that uh, men don't wear hats and women don't shave their heads, right? And and people um, will often think about these uh, passages and just kind of get legalistic about it and and make guys take their hats off in church and and kind of make women grow out their hair and I'm not even going to get into those things. Um, but I think there's a deeper understanding that, that Paul is actually teaching on here that give us understanding as to, as to what it means when the Bible says the man is the head of the wife. Okay, because this is, this is about something bigger. And uh, so I went and looked up strong again for the word head. And it's number uh, 2776. The word I think is kephale, K-E-P-H-A-L-E. And as a noun, kefail means the head, the summit, the cornerstone, or the chief corner. And figuratively, which I think applies more directly when when Paul says the man is the head of the wife, figuratively it says the chief, the one to whom others are subordinate. Specifically, the one who has authoritative covering. Does that make sense? So when Paul speaks figuratively regarding the the makeup of a marriage and God's design for what the one flesh marriage looks like, when he calls the man the head... He's essentially calling the man the authoritative covering over the woman. That makes sense? It's super important. And and I'm just going to rely on the Holy Spirit to give us further and deeper and, and accurate revelation as to all that that means. Right? So this is sort of the part of the teaching that is beyond my understanding. But... When we say I do and enter into that one flesh covenant, um, something spiritually happens that puts the man in an, in a covering position over his wife. Okay? And, and I think that that means a number of things that we're not specifically talking about tonight, but I'm fairly certain of one thing that it does mean. And this is where... Um, we're just going to have to get real, uh, real honest. And I just pray for the, for the right words to come that bring clarity and comfort and excitement to, uh, to what's possible, Lord, when we align with your word and with your ways. So um, so in so man, man I'll speaking to you now. in our position of, of headship over our wives, in, in our position of an authoritative covering over our wives, the ministry, the real spirit-led ministry through us, is what's intended to pick them up and position them to be for our kids who they're called to be. Okay? Listen to me. Our ministry to our wives, men, and I'm not talking about anything but the flow of the Holy Spirit through us to our wives is intended to teach them encourage them, correct them. Every, every part of that list and probably way more to be the mother of our kids. Right? The one to whom kids are supposed to show biblical honor to. Does that make sense? Biblical honoring is about understanding weight. It's about understanding position. It's about understanding authority. And then submitting to it, showing respect, showing subordination, showing obedience. Does that make sense? So if, So if our wives are not positioned correctly, listen to me, it's, it's probably, I really think that the Lord is showing me, it's not possible for them to show, their, show kids, for the kids to show their mom's honor if the moms aren't positioned correctly. Okay? So, so one of the things that we see in Scripture is that there is, um, in the end in particular, there is a tremendous amount of sexual impurity. Right? When, you, when you look at Revelations, it is, it, it is the issue. It is the issue of the time. Right? It is the issue in the end. And, and, and what sexual immorality does right what the lord is showing us is it takes this vessel and clogs it right it's it's one of those it's one of the sins that that clogs the vessel of the husband and keeps us from ministering to our wives in this way okay if we are not ministering to our wives this stuff, spirit-led encouragement, spirit-led truth, spirit-led recognition of, of their values, spirit-led recognition of their position, spirit-led recognition of their authority. If husbands are not doing this for their wives, in particular in the homes, it is not possible for the kids to honor their mom. because it's bigger than obedience. You hearing this? And here, is, and here is how this will be responded to first. If you are hearing what I'm saying, the, the first level of understanding of this is gonna be this, well, I'm the, I'm the head. I'm the authoritative covering over our home and specifically over my wife. So what I need to do is sit down and tell my kids mom's in charge when I'm not home. Mom has authority when I'm not home. Mom is the boss when I'm not home. Mom needs to be respected when I'm not home. Mom needs to be listened to when I'm not home. Mom needs to be obeyed when I'm not home. That is not what you're supposed to do. Listen to me. That's not what the Spirit is saying right now. What the Spirit is saying right now is this. If your kids have a lack of respect for their mom... If your kids have a lack of seeing the authority on their mom, it is because us as the men likely are not remaining sexually pure, and therefore we are not ministering to our wives in a way that positions them authoritatively in the place they need to be in the home. And I personally think this is absolutely happening all over the church, not this church specifically, but the church, the big C church, because what do you see in kids? Rebellion. What do you see in kids? Let's just be totally honest. Right? We've got to judge the fruit. If there is rebellion in the kids, and specifically rebellion against mom, I I think dad's at fault, personally. I'm taking the blame in my own home. I know I am. Because in, in one way or another, what I have done, if that is the case, is somehow, as the authoritative head over my wife, I have somehow robbed her of her position of authority. And if the Spirit was flowing through me more purely, especially in front of my kids, that would not be the case. She would be positioned correctly. She would have the authority that she already biblically, scripturally, and by God's design has. I would have just not taken it away from her. Because not only if we aren't sexually pure to our wives... Not only does this not happen, but very often the opposite does. Right? That was the fruit that God gave me really specifically. The fruit of sexual impurity in a marriage is almost the exact opposite of those things. He gave me first and foremost, it's a lack of friendship. The next thing he gave me, it's a lack of respect. So if me as the head covering over my wife is showing any lack of respect... Automatically the kids, what flows over the head covers the body. They automatically walk in that same feeling, that same understanding. If me as the authoritative head over, over Diane takes away any of her authority, it automatically means the kids don't see her in authority. The kids can't receive from her, the kids will rebel against her. You understand? You see why? We can't even talk about this first. We can't expect the kids to honor their mother and father until this is happening. We cannot. We cannot expect the kids especially to honor their mother. And and I think this is a problem for many reasons in our culture. Absentee dads, you know, the, the busyness of careers, the busyness of of, of life, all those things play a part in this. But I honestly got in my spirit, guys, believe that, that the biggest issue the mom cannot parent in so many homes is because the husbands aren't ministering to their wives because they're sexually impure. I just believe it's the truth. And so, what's the fix? The fix is never about being good. The fix is always about being what? Pure. To get more pure requires a pruning. Right? This is not about going home and sitting down our kids and saying, listen to mom better. That is not what this is about. This is about husbands being pure in this area specifically. The commandment that God took us to very first. If we will be pure in that area, men, this is what's going to happen. We will start to love our wives the way God tells us to. We will start to minister to our wives the way He designed us to. The marriage will begin to be aligned biblically and correctly, which will automatically put the wife in the position of authority that she is supposed to have in the home. We have a whole bunch of homeschool families in this congregation. You know what that You know what that requires of the mom? Correct authoritative position. And until the husbands are walking out this pure, spirit-led, let-the-river-flow ministry to our wives in particular, they will not have that. Our wives will be set up to fail. They will be set up to have no authority because their authority's been stolen because we won't walk purely in this area. So be obedient regarding God's commandments. Watch. As, as, you, as you prune, as, the, as, you, as you offer that branch to the Father, it will be pruned. As that branch is pruned, you will be purified as a vessel. As you are purified as a vessel, you will begin to minister to your wife the words that she needs to play her role, and specifically the words that your kids will need to hear you speaking about her so that they can do what God calls them to do, which is honor their mom and every bit of the fruit that comes from that. Amen. I pray that that word is from the Lord, and I pray that it would be received, take root in our hearts, and bear much fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. Next week, we start with the kids. If you want me to teach them, bring them. Yes, ma'am. Take it to the counsel of the Lord. Check it in your spirit. Check it against his word. If you find it to be true, apply it.